Mistakes happen. Sometimes, several hundred thousand people vote for a Republican incumbent instead of a guy who is 10% different from a Republican. <coughs> Maybe they will change their minds in 2022. Our mission is simple. Cock Pack exists to give us something to do for the next couple years. Mm-hmm. Cock is the only grassroots independent group in Iowa focused on defeating Kim Reynolds. We are podcasters, gamers, unemployed musicians, parents, uh, one of us anyway, adult sons and friends coming together. <laughs> adult sons! That's right. <laughs> Varying sizes. <laughs> Coming together to solicit donations. Mm-hmm. Wherever you find yourself on the political spectrum, you are welcome here. And we really <laughs> do mean wherever. Neoliberals, Maoists, Paleoconservatives, Trotskyists, Neo-Confederates, Anarcho-Capitalists, Crypto-Fascists, Eco-Fascists, well, that's what I am. Regular Fascists, Sonists. <laughs> we can fix this mistake together. What's the plan? For decades, Iowa was a place known for, uh, I, I don't know really, uh, Slipknot? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was yeah. always like Soybeans, a good place to raise pigs, a family. Pork. Yeah. Education. Yeah, it's a good place for you know what. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, methamphetamines. <laughs> it's a good place for fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. While other states were either legalizing weed or executing thousands of first-time drug offenders, (laughs) Iowa was enjoying a sort of vaguely conservative bipartisanship, like when Chet Culver signed a bill introduced by Steve King. Uh, Oopsie. (laughs) Iowans don't embrace radicalism, but the most cruel and malicious Republicans keep winning elections. Maybe that means I actually do embrace radicalism. I'll go back and edit that part later. Oversight. It's well past time to put a stop to circus-style leadership and get back to the time-honored tradition of wholesome children's puppet show-style leadership. That's right. Cock Pack's primary objective (laughs) is to bring balance back to Iowa State government by convincing Yoda to allow Anakin Skywalker to train as a Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Cock Pack will post a lot of bad stuff about Kim Reynolds. We will persuade hundreds of suburban cultural liberals to click on our Act Blue link. That's Hell yes. And to click donate when they hit the link. We will donate to whoever is the funniest candidate for governor of Iowa in 2022. <laughs> Which may or may not be just one of us. this is really good (laughs) yes those suburban liberals could have donated themselves but the money will mean more after we've paid our own salaries with it (laughs) for full disclosure yes (laughs) we will steal jpegs off the ray gun website and pay to have them replace all of the tulsi billboards along interstate 80 (laughs) are they still there absolutely not i heard they there is still one a couple Absolutely of them Absolutely not take those down. I love those forever. They are yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I saw one along like Highway 30 by ADM here in town. I haven't been out that way for a while, but 
Yeah, no, there's I mean, definitely one on Highway 30. I don't know. I haven't been over to Cedar Rapids recently, but <laughs> that's so funny. Those are still up. Hell yeah. My favorite billboards along there is the one that just says Jesus in all caps with no oh, other yeah. information. <laughs> yeah, dude, that one <laughs> rocks. Jesus. <laughs> there was some stuff here in town for a while that was like vaguely about Trump being banned from Twitter. And oh, it was Jesus. like talking about like how the fr- it was just like the American flag like torn in two, and then in the <laughs> vacant space there was like some kind of tagline, and there was like probably half dozen of them that would cycle through. And there was one right by my work, and it was like the First Amendment has been eroded. <laughs> it's just all it says, and there's no like link to anything. There's no like affi- it's just some guy who was upset. <laughs> This is the only way to get it out. There's no right to healthcare, but God damn it, there's a right to being on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I agree. True that. It's the same thing. <laughs> the results of the 2020 election may indicate that Kim Reynolds is likely to win re-election in 2022, but there are plenty of well-meaning liberals with cash to spare in this state. <laughs> At the end of the day, somebody ought to gain something from all that energy. So, why not us? <laughs> this advertisement was paid for by Cock Pack, Dan Drangle, Treasurer. Not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. Also, this is not a real political action committee. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> that might be the funniest thing we've ever done on the show. Yeah. That was so good. Thank you. Oh, I wish I was funny. <laughs> Yeah, I wish you were funny too. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, if you don't know what you're listening to, this is Rock Hard yeah. Caucus. <laughs> Recently dubbed Iowa's Meanest Podcast, and I think we will be earning that title today. <laughs> my name is Justin. I'm here with my three best, smartest, funniest friends. <laughs> wow, impressive. Yeah, you're welcome for that compliment. I'm here with Evan and Chuck and Natalie. How is everybody doing today? <laughs> Good. Excellent. My computer is working perfectly. Yes. <laughs> no technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> there will be no breaks, no perceivable breaks in the audio. No one at home <laughs> will know anything happened because nothing did happen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you haven't been following recent developments in Iowa's political landscape, you, you may not have understood what i was talking about to open the show but today we're talking about OPEC. and no i don't mean the organization of the petroleum exporting countries <laughs> <laughs> that's all i can think of oh, honestly yeah. <laughs> i mean ope o-p-e pack p-a-c yeah. a thing that midwesterners nope, say you're missing the exclamation point oh you're right i've spelled it wrong jeb <laughs> what the fuck does what does ope come why do we say that like what is that supposed to yeah be? so like, like i had like, a oops conversation with ali like a year ago our friend ali hi and she was talking about how midwestern people say ope and i was like i've never said that and then as soon as we had that conversation i noticed i say it all the time yes it's yes. it's definitely a thing it's just like when you're surprised i guess it's like oops yeah it's like oops and sorry rolled into one i feel like yeah. But it's just strange. It's I didn't realize how much I said it until we started playing Rocket League together. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much you said it either. There's a lot of opes in There's Rocket League. There's a fuckload of opes, yeah. I'd like to just cut it out of my vernacular completely because it makes me feel like a dumb redneck podunk. or something. Yeah, it makes me feel like podunk a fucking podunk. Yeah. <laughs> it sure tells us a lot about the uh, 
you know, motivations and goals of this pack, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's such Raygun energy yeah. to, like, be like, yeah, we're, like, embracing this as, like, I, bleh, bleh. I hate the exclamation Electing point Kim Reynolds, so it was much. just like It was just like when we accidentally bump into somebody on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That exactly level like that. of error. And they say that OPE, o- they say it isn't supposed to stand for anything, but uh, I-, I don't know about that. <laughs> I've seen a couple of people either directly involved or like tangentially involved referring to it as both open people's eyes <laughs> and Operation Purple Electorate. <laughs> <laughs> and open people's eyes, I saw that actually on their website, so that's... They probably had a meeting about that. Operation Purple Electorate sounds like a uh, like a Kojima <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like something like Metal Gear Rising. Yeah, it's the party that Senator Armstrong represents. So I had some disclaimers or uh, dem claimers for people who claim the Democratic Party who might end up listening to this episode because we're trying to live up to the name of I Was Meanest podcast mm-hmm. here. But I just wanted to understand. We're the only podcast too. <laughs> yes, uh, we don't like Kim Reynolds at all. We we hate her and the Republican Party. That's kind of our thing. Yeah, but. Uh, we don't hate her because we're progressive, because that's basically like a meaningless term that just means that you don't hate any particular minority group. Mm-hmm. But we, we hate her because she's because... a woman. No, no. <laughs> we hate her because we're socialists, which is the same reason that we hate the Democratic Party, or strongly dislike. Mm-hmm. You can edit that. Like, if we had a, you know, like, less diseased country, we would have, like, proportional representation, and we would have our own seats in, you know, whatever government. But we don't have that. So you need us, like, as much as you Mm -hmm. hate to admit it, and we are still deciding if we need you. (laughs) I like how aggressive that is. Yeah, Yeah. well said. Also, if you can't handle criticism from the left, grow up. Maybe you don't like democracy that much. Yeah, that's a good I point. Was podcast. So I, I mean, I understand the political situation here. I don't like it, and I want it to change. And that's both yeah. parties. Yeah. And yeah. also, number three, if you want to call us lazy commies who only criticize but don't do the work, that's kind of our brand. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's true. Like that's what we. Are, yeah. Yeah, we're just some schmucks. We are uh, as representative of Iowa as the people who started the OPEC are. (laughs) (laughs) So just keep that in mind. You don't have to take us seriously if you don't want to. But I think we have some pointers for you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying there, Evan, the political situation here and what they profess Iowa politics to be about on the opeiowa.com homepage. Like, we have this long tradition of like, oh, both sides get along. We we work together to make just sensible policy decisions. And everything in Iowa was so chill prior to, mm-hmm. uh, what, 2015? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it wasn't great before Kim Reynolds was the governor. It wasn't great when we had Democrats for governor. Every bipartisan situation was leaning right and pushing us further right. towards the situation we're in now. Yeah. No one wants the Fred Hubble campaign to run again. This no. was just a rich guy. He, you're Sweaty saying Fred. Democrats are the party of the people, but Dem- Fred Hubble was not a man of the people. He was right. on he the board of house. like three yes, different... He he- <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I live in a bad neighborhood, too. He also so ran a shitload of ads with his money, and it also <laughs> yeah. was helped that one of his main uh, competitors was like a fucking serial like, creep. So 
Yeah, and they're basically pointing to like the Brandstad and the Culver eras as like these golden age of Iowa politics where everyone got along. I mean, like this is what they want to go back to without understanding that this was a progression towards further insane right-wing politics. They want to go back to what politics was before the internet, (laughs) where people could share ideas quickly and easily. They want to collaborate with the Republicans while, like, ostensibly creating a pact to just attack them from the center? It sounds familiar. (laughs) I wonder if anyone's tried this. Evan, I know you, I think you dug a lot deeper on this than I did this week. What kind of information do you have to share with us? Oh, uh, I thought we were going to go through the uh, Bleeding Heartland article. Okay. Uh, well, there's just a couple points in there. Uh, we should tell people what Bleeding Heartland is, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, we've mentioned it before, but it's... Uh, oh, okay, never mind. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's like a super There are sister liberal. publication, you guys <laughs> yeah. don't recall. Yeah, the, the text and print version of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> They're uh they're probably like the uh daily coasts for Iowa or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. We have called them irksome in the past. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, one of their founders or board members wrote a big piece for them about the foundation of the OPAC and it's a lot about like Iowa nice shit, like how yeah. Iowa isn't so nice anymore uh, because of Kim Reynolds. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one of the most interesting things to me is like the part about AOC, which I don't have that article right actually. Was this before she started the pack? No, no, no. This was CJ Peterson, I believe, was the... um, Oh, he wrote the Bleeding Heartland piece? He wrote the Bleeding Heartland piece. Got it. And we're going to be, you know, making fun of the OPEC a lot today. But I I do just want to say there are two members of the OPEC board who are good because they follow me on Twitter. And that is, uh, (laughs) that'd be CJ Peterson and Tim Nelson. They've done the work of following me on Twitter and therefore none of this criticism applies to them. Yeah. Why don't they follow me on Twitter? What the fuck? I, I found it. It's uh, to defeat Kim Reynolds. It's time to scuttle Iowa Nice. Yeah. Um, it talks about how they're going to be bold but fair. Uh, each, uh, <laughs> which I assume just means that they're going to just you know regurgitate all of the exact same economic talking points as the Republicans, but they're going to put a progressive spin on it. Mm-hmm. They also go out of their way to say. Many voters were swayed by buzzwords like socialism and left wing, believing earnestly that their neighbor running to get them adequate broadband internet and fund schools, mental health and infrastructure are in cahoots with the likes of AOC. Um, <laughs> I'm sure many, many of them are. I don't know if you noticed this, but like AOC had like the biggest rallies here from like in like Council Bluffs, the fucking socialist yeah. stronghold of Council Bluffs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, but like AOC is more popular than like literally any politician in the state of Iowa who's like currently or has presently served or yeah. you know, previously served. I like what a fucking boogeyman she is too to these people. That's my <laughs> yeah. absolute favorite part. Yeah. So like you're actively going out of your way to like alienate like a significant block of the electorate. Right, Again, you, like you see this charismatic young woman that everyone loves. We're not <laughs> like her. Yeah, yeah. hey, she's do you not guys a part know, of this. Do you guys know who won the first, uh, you know, delegate count at the Iowa caucus? AOC. Uh, John Hickenlooper. Uh, no, Bernie Sanders. Oh, AOC's <laughs> endorsed uh, candidate for president. Right. Yes. Do you know who won the second? Or, you know, the final count. Pete Buttigieg. Nope. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> do you know who won the state delegate equivalent? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who did? No, because who gives a fuck about that? (laughs) Sure. 
Yeah. So yeah, Bernie's vote share did decrease from 2016 to 2020, but he still got a fucking solid 25 percent of the Democratic well, yeah, fucking party the, in Iowa. He was running against 25 people this time instead right, of one. Right. It's understandable. Oh yeah. But again, like I said, that's a significant portion of the electorate here. Yeah. And like I said, uh, most of the neighbors who are doing those things actually do support AOC. Like, that's not even, that's ridiculous to say. He also yeah, goes yeah. out of the way to say, I've only met AOC once, by the way, and I can promise you she wouldn't recognize me on the street if she saw me again. So, like, why go out of your way to do that? Like, what is the point here? She thinks she's fucking better than me. She wouldn't She wouldn't say hi to me if she saw me again. Yeah, like they're once again just targeting, like, the upper middle class suburban GOP leaning people. They're the afraid to voter. potentially re- alienate some of the people who are already involved in politics who are disproportionately rich and white at mm-hmm. the expense of ever like increasing the electorate right. who turns out for democratic elections. I wonder if there's a case study of doing this, <laughs> this kind of strategy and how yeah. it may have affected the vote totals at the end of the day. Right. Who can say? <laughs> I'm on rant mode. Yeah, you are. You're on fire today. Yeah, this is what I was hoping for. Just throw yeah, fucking cruise like control. Just listen. <laughs> yeah, this is good, Evan. Now I'm in riff mode. <laughs> You're in rant mode, and I'm in riff mode. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, there's a lot of like stuff about you know organizing and winning elections, but it's all focused exclusively on getting rid of Kim Reynolds, which is a good short-term goal. Yeah, that would be in great. the long term. I think we all on this podcast don't believe that the center can hold and that the problem isn't that the the Republicans are extreme and you can paint them as such and you can do all of that, but you need to put a contrast between them. You need to offer an alternative that will help Actual alternative that isn't pro-business, like isn't just excessively, ridiculously pro-business like the Democratic Party (laughs) while claiming to be the People's Party. And the 2022 election is a a little over a year and a half away. It doesn't seem like they're making any moves to try anything different from what they did in 2018. And, uh, you know, if you think about the 2018 and the 2020 elections here in Iowa, it's 2018, that was a midterm. We flipped three of the congressional seats from red to blue. And yet, <laughs> the right. statewide election <laughs> with the governor race, uh, Kim Reynolds was, well, she won her first election. She had just inherited that seat. But even despite, you know, pretty big Democratic gains, we kept a Republican governor. And then in 2020, it went in the complete opposite direction. They flipped the congressional seats back to red. And mm-hmm. if you don't do something different, like you're not, the Democrats in this state are fucked. Yeah. You're, again, focusing on the suburbs at the expense of the rest of the state. Yeah. So there's some, like, I guess, stuff about COVID in here, which is obviously going to be a big campaign issue. But again, the election is like, the gubernatorial election is at the end of 2022. Yeah. So it's like, we're way early. We don't know who's even running for governor at this point. So like, I'm personally going to be waiting until uh, there's candidates announcing for governor and then deciding which one we're going to you know, support based on that. Yeah. At this point, I mean, I don't know what the... It's literally the lie when Lincoln, Lincoln Project. <laughs> I think that's the first time that's we've actually dropped the name Lincoln Project. That's what I was hinting at earlier. Yeah, this seems to just be the Lincoln Project again. Uh, I don't think anyone involved on the board is a pedophile like the Lincoln Project was. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we'll they, they're we'll they're well-meaning there. people. I don't mean to say that they're not. 
I'll get in a little bit to the founder of the uh, OPE pack, who is Amber Gustafson, Mm -hmm. who I think is best known. She ran, well, I mean, not particularly known, but she ran against Jack Whitver in 2018, who is the current Iowa Senate Majority Leader. Right. Uh, She's from Ankeny, which is a very rich and very white, even more white than the makeup of the rest of the state. Her neighborhood is the target demographic for this pack, it seems. Absolutely. And so uh, she got defeated. She came within three points of beating Jack Whitfer, which is actually like incredibly impressive if you really think about it. But again, this is like in a extremely suburban area that has like probably one of like the average like house in Ankeny is like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something. Yeah. Which in any other state is not that much, but in Iowa it's a heck of a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's you know, like it is an example of the suburban shift uh towards Democrats. And in fact, I think after she ran there was another woman Heather Matson, who ran for the 37th or 38th district House representatives and won as a Democrat in uh, 2019, but then in 2020 she lost again. Okay, was that a special election? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, if they're a year apart, I would imagine that was. She came very close, but so basically, I think she was a two-year term. She assumed office January 14th, 2019, and left office. Okay, so that was the 2018 election. Yes. Yeah. And then she left in 2021, this just last election. So yeah, Ankeny has solidly Republican uh, representatives at this point. But Amber tried, and like I said, did really well. I She still has her website up, which is interesting. It's amberforiowa.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's um, go check this out. It's <laughs> it's a doozy. Um She's uh, definitely of the uh, you know centrist ilk. I mean, I I hate to say yeah. it. She has a Martin Luther King right. So quote. The, yeah. the very first thing on the website is <laughs> a white woman with blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, the Both talisman. The, the talisman of the white moderate is the Martin Luther King quote. Um, life's Damn. most pers- persistent and urgent question is, "What are you doing for others?" Which I mean. That's a good one. She sells Halloween face masks on her website. Right. I just booked a consultation with her. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a whole nother. <laughs> Dude, these five. face masks are cool. I want one. <laughs> well, this is something that multiple members of the OPEC board have in common, is that they ran for Iowa legislature seats and lost. Mm-hmm. That's something that brought them together. So you have to wonder <laughs> about the motivation. Wow, this T-shirt there. sucks. That's for sale on our website. Right. So this is <laughs> also does. very interesting to me. Is right after the Martin Luther King quote, is there is a ray gun T-shirt that you can buy on her website. It's let this mother run this mother. Um, <laughs> it's not on Ray Gun's actual website. If I, I went and looked, it's on sale too. So it's a custom situation. It's a custom situation, and she did. It's part of it is ten dollars <laughs> from each purchase will go to the Ankeny Community Schools to help provide PPE hmm. uh, for teachers and students for the twenty twenty one school year. So the two sizes they're sold out of are slim, small, and unisex double extra large. <laughs> Every wow. other size is available. That's very strange. That's some extremism. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's a good goal. I I mean, I guess, but I think also Ankeny is probably one of the best funded school districts in the Again, yeah. like I said, it's extremely rich compared <laughs> yeah, I would, to... I'd imagine that's one of the least in need school districts for this PP. Right. It also says at the bottom on the t-shirt listing on her page, the phrase, let this mother run this mother, is trademarked by Amber Gustafson <laughs> and may not be reproduced or reused without express written consent. Let this Darn. mother run this mother. Okay. 
the I'll sale of Let This Mother Run that. This Mother shirts is a private fundraiser by Amber Gustafson with a portion of the proceeds benefiting the Ankeny School District and is not meant to imply an endorsement by any Ankeny School District. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to remember to keep saying that phrase throughout so, the episode. I just want to say that's a pretty interesting thing to have like at the very top of your website. But uh, yeah, it does go through her bio. It's got some interesting like hashtags, like hashtag keep going. Uh, it's her story, um, which I think is a Hillary Clinton um, thing. That's one word, right? Like history becomes her yes, story. Yes, yeah. right. Correct. So she basically talks about, I think she's like a Gen X. She's like 40 something. Yeah. And uh, grew up in Leon, Iowa, which is a very small farm town, like in the very southern portion of the state. And she kind of talks about her family was kind of uh, wiped out, or not wiped out, but was severely affected by the farm downturn in the 80s, like the farm crisis. Economically wiped out, not... Economically Not murdered. Out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. There's a sentence here that really bothers me, which is, but my mom instilled in me the importance of the one way out of poverty for kids like me, a college degree, something she oh. was never able to pursue. Ah, uh, yes. Provenly effective. <laughs> that is not yes. backed up by any data whatsoever, <laughs> as like education being the way out of poverty, it's just not true. Because yeah. you're, I mean, you end up saddled with all this debt. And I mean, like, if you're wealthy, mm-hmm. it's a great way to, but then to you don't have the problem wealthy. of poverty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Continue your generational but it's wealth. Like, it's like we always, people are always saying that because it implies that if you just worked hard enough to get an education, you could be lifted out of poverty. When actually what lifts people out of poverty is giving them money. <laughs> yeah, making them no longer in poverty. Right. It's pretty <laughs> direct. There's a direct line. Well, part of her, uh, like on her LinkedIn, she has her um, candidacy for the Iowa State Senate. And part of that is that she became the first person to graduate from college in her family because of the many ways our state invested in her future through programs that offered a helping hand, not a handout. Ooh. Which so is another like phrase that. that very much chafes against like a lot of <laughs> yes. people on this podcast and potentially also in the state of Iowa. Yeah. She also, she went to Iowa State for a journalism degree. Um, and then she, I guess, was an academic advisor at University of Missouri, which obviously is a huge journalism school, probably like the biggest mm-hmm. journalism school. And then at that point, she moved to Ankeny. Now, I don't know at what point she moved to Ankeny, I guess mid-2000s? I think it was 2004. I listened to a podcast interview she did, and I think uh, she okay. said 2004. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say something real quick. I, I think the phrase, let this mother run this mother, kind of implies that you're just like handing something to this mother. <laughs> like we're just letting this mother run this mother. I think this mother should earn it. I agree. Uh, like we we shouldn't give her just give her the ability to run this mother i think she has to like prove her worth mm-hmm. you know we'll give her the opportunity to perhaps earn the right to run this mother but i don't think we should let this mother run this mother right i'm open to it but i'm not gonna yeah we're not gonna just hand it over yeah so at that point after she left university of missouri she went to ankeny and started a yoga studio um which she does talk a lot about in her tweets about how she's a small business owner yes this is a very Uh, common upper upper class white woman arc that we're we're having here i think (laughs) yeah so she went to do that and then she said her life changed in 2012 when the shooting in newton connecticut happened Mm -hmm. um which was a big one uh obviously (laughs) that was yeah uh, i think conservatives were at at that point the most afraid that there might actually be gun control (laughs) legislation of some kind because i mean like yes 
and the fact that nothing happened after that is proof that nothing will ever happen. Well, yeah, no. this is the thing. She went and uh, she launched what was initially a Facebook page for Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. And she's spent uh, quite a bit of time, I guess, advocating for responsible gun ownership, which, um, you know, I'm pretty soft on guns compared to maybe some lefties. I, yeah. I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of guns, really. So I'm not like super, it doesn't bother me rock that much but like you said chuck it's like it's not uh, i'm sorry but like that's you're not going to get much traction on that issue unfortunately i mean Mm -hmm. 20 kids got like murdered like like children like someone went into a fucking school full of children and opened fire (laughs) dude like yeah and even if that happened like here in iowa they wouldn't change anything no 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 especially especially not here no one is ever going to you know drop the the line there Yeah, absolutely not. I have some very bad news for you. I went to her grass-fed yoga page, and under her products, she has a sleeveless tee that says Namaste every damn day with a skeleton doing yoga. (laughs) The skeleton, that's kind of cool. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And the logo is just GFY, which I really like because it's like, go fuck yourself. yourself. (laughs) Yeah, go fuck yourself indeed. (laughs) Go fuck yourself, yoga. stupid fucking t-shirt. So it's a, it's a picture of a skeleton that says GFY? No, it says Namaste all day. <laughs> okay. Oh, but yeah. A skeleton that says uh, go you say fuck yourself. Grass it's a very... yoga? Or what was that you said? Yeah. What does mm-hmm. that mean? I don't know. That's... <laughs> she, I, yeah, I wonder. Maybe the cows she hasn't mentioned it. being a vegan, but maybe she's a vegan and like because she's, you know, running the OP pack, she can't admit that she's a vegan because that would, like, alienate, you know, a lot of... Uh, that would play into the, everything uh, Ashley Henson's been tweeting about. Right. <laughs> the yeah. left is coming for your beef. <laughs> They're coming for your beef because the cows, they fart too much methane or whatever, and AOC is tired of them. Well, here's the thing, is that skeleton actually looks pretty cool, but, like, if they yeah. didn't have the, the lighter on it, it's just, that ruins it. What yeah. are the beads supposed to be? Those are like meditation beads. Meditation beads? Yeah. Is that like that a rosary? Do? You pray on them? Yeah, pray sort of. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, oh. sounds like your vibes are up. Yeah. Look at the, <laughs> look yeah, at the shirt up. that says yoga, Chuck. Do you see it? It like Yeah, it's like blocky. It's like, yeah, it looks like the fucking... Is that supposed to be like Flasher logo? Yeah, like a Meta- like Metallica? Or what the yeah, fuck is that supposed to be? Yeah, it looks like Metallica. <laughs> And then the S in Namaste is like the S in like Nazi SS. Is yeah. What it's like. <laughs> I love it. I want one. I'm going to order one right now. Yeah, you now. should. It's only you should $14. Get me one too. <laughs> wow, really? That's pretty wow. good for a shirt. I'd be losing All money these if I didn't get it. All of these $14. Yeah. It says only 10 though. available. Dang. Oh, they're sold out of my size. They cut the cost and they cut the sleeve off. <laughs> they cut Lame. the cost they cut. Yeah, there's some good stuff on her LinkedIn page, too. Like, she talks about how everyone said she was crazy in 2018 when she decided to run for Iowa Senate, Mm -hmm. and that uh, one of the people asked her to, you know, like, to start fundraising, they asked, make a list of all the millionaires, you know? And she's like, I've never met a millionaire. And it's like, wow, that's absolutely not true. (laughs) You you might not know people who have, like, a million dollars in liquid assets, but you live in Anquany. There is absolutely, you know people, you know farmers, like, most farmers are, like, millionaires at this point. Yeah, I've met millionaires. Yeah. Isn't Anquany, like, a big, like, like, healthcare and, like, real estate town? 
I mean, it's a strip mall blight on the <laughs> <laughs> Des Moines Central Iowa community, I would say. Des Moines a white tumor. Uh, someone <laughs> painted a swastika on a uh, Joe Biden sign there. Damn. Like, nice. Yeah, it's not. That was it's me. not. It's kind of a white flighty kind of place. Like yeah. now, I'm not saying that that's Amber's motivation for moving there because she moved there. Ankeny is like the fastest growing community, I think, in the entire state. Yeah, um, and has basically oh. like outgrown its infrastructure. I know where Ankeny um, is. It's right. There's a disc golf course right there called Big yeah. Creek. That's really good. And yeah, yeah. We're so about like, that. yeah, she she definitely knows millionaires, and maybe not millionaires who like have that much money to just spare to democratic Mm. politicians but you know um she also has on her page social media influencer january 2019 Uh. to present uh (laughs) leveraging brand awareness created as a candidate for iowa senate i am now a leading voice in iowa politics known as (laughs) in quotes iowa's most influential non-elected politician which what does that even mean i don't know i googled it and guess what what comes up her linkedin page (laughs) No one has said that. <laughs> I think I'm going to claim that rocks. going forward, too. I'm also yeah. a very influential, non-elected politician here in Iowa. Yes. Yeah. And again, like, she's probably a well-meaning person. Like, I mean, she doesn't, but like, this doesn't sit well with like the opportunism aspect yeah. of the OPEC. I mean, yeah. uh, it goes on, actually. I have continued to broaden my audience, build bridges of understanding, and motivate people to take action. Increased Twitter following 200% a year after election. Increased Facebook followers 300%. After election? Yes. <laughs> what good does that do you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Increased Facebook followers 300% a year after election. Increased email list over 1,000 engaged supporters with an open rate of 38%. Which is forty percent higher than industry standard. I don't. She so negative two. Is yeah, that's what I initially thought as well. <laughs> but I guess thirty eight percent is good. Um, or thirty eight percent total is forty percent higher. It's forty percent higher than whatever the average is. We yeah. could work backwards there <laughs> yeah, from the yeah, math, yeah. but I'm not going to. Um, and also, she marketed and sold over twenty five hundred dollars worth of original design clothing. So I guess the <laughs> the uh, sleigh t-shirts yeah. and the go and fuck that. yourself series mm. i just sent you a fantastic description in the group chat of the of the clothing that she sells i love it so much <laughs> show off your pipes a longer cut to define your yoga body with two dots over yoga and body and a vintage base you will leave everyone thunderstruck so it's supposed to be acdc then it's like yeah. classic rock that looks even less that what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think a lot of this is a generational thing because we're like gen x people are just kind of like huge dorks (laughs) they are they kind of honestly are vague vaguely resembles the acdc or motley crew logos yeah shit uh take my wallet dude i'm buying that right away yeah dude (laughs) (laughs) so yeah speaking of her twitter i did i did a little research on her twitter just i was kind of curious to see where she kind of stood i mean she has a lot of good tweets and she's posted a lot about she's like she's been a big advocate for mental health uh stuff and for the nra and the nra stuff she's hasn't posted quite as much about economic stuff Mm -hmm. but she has to some certain extent but she is very concerned about she has a lot of posts about like property taxes and being a small business owner which so (laughs) Actually, what originally caught my ire about the uh, OPEC was they made a tweet that, like, yes. there is a budget in Iowa that passed that increased 
per pupil spending by like 2.4%, which again, mm-hmm. it was probably a ma- machination by Kim Reynolds to like say like, look, I'm not trying to kill public schools or whatever while she's yeah. trying to kill public schools. But yeah. her com- the complaint that OPAC made about it was like they were going to increase property tax, which – uh, I mean, I, I think that property tax should be levied on people who are most able to pay it. Yeah, people who own $250,000 houses, for example. Right. People who live in Ankeny in particular. <laughs> but you're kind of betraying yourself by, like, focusing on taxes. Like, you're kind of betraying yourself. Like, I think most of us understand that, like, really, if we want good things in our communities, like, taxes may have to increase for certain people who, like mm-hmm. I said, should be most willing to pay for if we want good things to happen. Like, the alternative is, like, austerity, which we don't want to happen. So it's like, oh, do the Democrats are so to allergic to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think They're some right. of us do. Yeah. And uh, I also noticed one of the other members of uh, the PAC, C.J. Peterson, he also mm-hmm. ran for Iowa House or yes. Senate. Uh, House, I believe. He was, when I was doing a bunch of research on campaign ads, his was one that I actually really liked. Yeah, he seems like a, a sweet dude for sure. But part of his campaign stuff was talking about the death tax for farmers, which like, again, I'm sure is an issue. He referred to it that way? Yes, actually said death tax which is like again yeah a wolf like (laughs) i understand a lot of farmers are concerned about that and it's you know a a rural area or whatever but it raises you know some concerns about the type of messaging and who you're going to be messaging to but yeah back to amber she i I was kind of curious to see who she supported in the primaries and she was i i'm sure you can guess (laughs) warren warren 100 percent. yep yep so she was a warren let this mother run this mother i say (laughs) yeah Wait, is is does Warren have any kids? I don't even know, honestly. Yes, she oh, does. She, she's the one who she claimed that she was fired for getting pregnant. Oh, yes, oh, that's right, that's duh, right. yeah. Duh. I'm well, yeah. actually she she would call it uh, let this mama run this mama. Oh my gosh, yes, yeah, she was. <laughs> Mamas and babies. I fucking you know? hate Liz Warren. Mama. So <laughs> <laughs> my blood little ones boils every time I hear her name or see her stupid face on my computer. Like I used to just, she used to just be like a like a fly, just like kind of buzzing around. And it's like, shoo, you know, get out of here. But now it's just like like a clogged toilet or something in my yeah, fucking yeah. life. She really kind of tanked her rep. Yeah, and the most recent thing I remember from her was, like, saying, like, she made a thing about the hedge funds manipulation in the stock market as being practiced by random internet forums and also hedge funds, but, like, also, like, caring about the people who matter the hedge funds, like... Mm-hmm. Those aren't the people who need to be regulated, to be clear. Right. It, it's bad when it's just regular Reddit users. Right. Mm-hmm. She has tweeted about Neera Tandon, too. Oh, really? I didn't find that. <laughs> yeah. about, she said that Neera Tandon has sharp elbows on Twitter, and that's no reason to not confirm her, which is really uh, okay. funny considering the crying yeah. about Bernie tweets, but whatever. Right. Yeah, we'll get there. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking snake don't cut that out please don't cut that out <laughs> it was a good punchline <laughs> no 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 <laughs> you remember when susan sarandon was campaigning for bernie and made a bunch yes, of people mad by saying that elizabeth warren or she introduced by bernie by saying that he was never a former republican right yeah uh amber took issue from that <laughs> oh why imagine that <laughs> Well, she said it's a bad look for Bernie Sanders people and then talked about Bernie's cozy relationship with the NRA, which is... So bad, one clean Fuck off, dude. There is the Brady Bill thing, which uh, mm. basically like gun law or uh, gun manufacturer... The ability for victims of gun violence to sue gun manufacturers, right. which I don't necessarily agree with that vote. 
But yeah, no. to say that Bernie is cozy with the NRA is also a little bit of a stretch, I would say. I've said it a million times before. Anything can be true if you want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> Just whatever you want. That's the reality. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. If you can get one other person to believe it, you've succeeded. I, I may call back to this moment later in the podcast. <laughs> keep, keep in mind. Okay. Yes. Foreshadowing. One thing, though, I did notice about uh, Amber and uh, CJ Peterson, I'm not sure about any others, but they both openly admit to being former Republicans. <gasps> Amber said that she was a Republican up until 2008 because Sarah Palin was too crazy for her, basically. <laughs> Which, I mean, we on this podcast find it very strange that anyone would ever switch parties <laughs> between, especially from Republican to Democrat. Especially I mean, like as an adult, too, or, like as a grown way, person. But, yeah, it's it's a foreign concept to us so i think maybe she <laughs> maybe felt a little bit personally attacked for that right yeah so she supported warren she was a precinct chair in ankeny or wherever and i found it interesting she posted her vote totals for her precinct which was klobuchar 50 warren 46 oh. Buttigieg 37 biden 31 no other viable candidates <sighs> what a hellhole that oh is God. pretty interesting <laughs> and definitely says a lot about the area where she lives. Yeah. <laughs> Zero, I mean, I don't. she didn't say like how many actual Bernie, I'm sure there were at least some Bernie people there, but That's not, the final count, yeah. Yeah. And this is, yeah, this is after second alignment. Mm -hmm. But Klobuchar with the most votes, that's, that's interesting. Um, so after the Iowa caucuses, there was the Warren-Bernie dust-up. Yeah. You know, Super Tuesday, where Elizabeth Warren had zero chance of winning. By the time Joe Biden won South Carolina, it was a foregone conclusion. There was zero chance of Elizabeth Warren winning. Right. And it was a, it's a still a sore point, obviously, like yeah. Chuck said. I hate thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> yes. it's not a good thing. Like, really, the only conclusions you can draw is that she kept it up for her ego and the ego of her supporters or because she was there to handicap Bernie. And Why not both? It, it's both. It, it could, it's, it's completely probably both. both. Yeah. So that raised a lot of people on the left. Uh, you know, we, we were on alert for Elizabeth Warren at that point. And some people started to say some things about snakes. Mm -hmm. And there was, you know, a lot of that shit going on. Some it's people probably talk. went too far, but... Yeah, I didn't love the snake thing, but, like, come on. Yeah, it's random people on Twitter. Like, <laughs> toxicity on Twitter is not uh, limited to any one particular area of Twitter. It no. is the purpose of the website, many people would consider. It's, imagine yeah, I love it's it. just, like, a, a giant ballroom with a bunch of naked, screaming freaks just yeah. tearing at each other's <laughs> skin, just trying yeah. to rip everyone to shreds. Yeah. Near Tandon, like you said, she's a headhunter. <laughs> She's like, she collects pelts. That's what she does. <laughs> uh, but she, she made a big Twitter thread, which I haven't seen her do many other threads. But then she combined it all into a big thing. And it's just like, I will not allow toxic Bernie people I don't know to sully the work and the message of the good, decent, hardworking Bernie people I do know. She she also doesn't mention like any examples. Like she mentioned yeah, no that names. she was <laughs> bothered by Bernie people at some point, but like nothing specific that I have been able to locate. I'll search my sent tweets later and see. Yeah. And she says Sanders needs to do more to address this. His non response is shameful. It makes me have little to no respect for his claims of allyship to marginalized communities. <laughs> 
It gives me no faith in his ability to organize, build coalitions, or work with existing democratic structures and communities. That's on him. Oh, fuck off. So, okay. (laughs) That's an interesting one. I mean, Elizabeth Warren is, like, one of the most powerful elected people, like, one of the most powerful people in the country. Yeah, and planet, by extension. And she, like, specifically, like, actively, like, pissed off, like, a large (laughs) segment of the country by, like, you know, all these centrist candidates dropped out. You know, the one person who obviously, like I said, had no chance of winning and was at least the most ideologically similar to the one candidate left on the left who could still win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I don't think that this is a fruitful use of your time (laughs) to complain about Bernie Sanders supporters on Twitter, maybe potentially going too far if you actually care about progressive politics. Like Mm -hmm. that's always been the disconnect for me. So, and I don't want to talk forever about this because this is an issue that's been litigated to death, but these are likely the same people who were extremely mad that Bernie Sanders ran in 2016 past, you know, March 1st Mm -hmm. in that primary. Yeah. He was doing misogyny when he did that. He didn't drop out, yeah. (laughs) Every day he stays in the race, he's tearing Hillary Clinton down and ruining her chances in the general. (laughs) So what the fuck was Warren doing? (laughs) Yeah, and let's just ignore, yeah, Hillary's, like, doing the same thing in 2008 while also extremely racist garbage to attack Obama with, like, posting him in the fucking robes (laughs) or whatever. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I forgot all about that. Yeah, everyone whitewashes... I'm sorry, Hillary Clinton is not a good role model for, like, little girls, other than she's, like, a powerful person in a powerful place who is a woman. Mm-hmm. You, you can grow up to be a lizard in a lady suit. She's, like, the architect of, like, the Libya invasion, which is, like, awful. Girl powers, Fucking yes, girl war crimes. Yes. Girl That's some boss, boss queen yeah. shit. Yeah, and now yeah. there's, like, a huge power vacuum there, and there's, like, five fucking imperialist countries trying to, like, lay their claim to the fucking oil and shit there. It's, like... It's it's disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> she was also anti-Biden, and she mentioned uh, his, like, creepiness towards women. Uh, okay, smart, yeah. Yeah, so she had, yeah. Any, is there any, like, particular point in time where she may have stopped talking about that? Uh, <laughs> Hard she to did, say. Uh, yeah, I think she, she was pretty uh, anti-Biden, I think, up until he <laughs> was the nominee. But okay. yeah, he, she specifically made multiple tweets about uh, replying to one of the Krasensteins. <laughs> Rest in peace. God, I love those guys. <laughs> she said, I think the real question, I don't even know what the Krasens, because I can't see it because their account's suspended. <laughs> but, yeah, they, uh, she was asking if how Krasenstein would feel if Biden smelled his hair and kissed the top of his crowd or the crowd or backstage area or put his hand on his thigh. Yeah. You know, like. He'd probably think it was great. I haven't heard yeah. anything about the Biden <laughs> shit, like, recently. Like, that's been totally memory hold. Along with all yeah. the, like, totally ridiculous lies that Biden has told about, like, what was the one about, like, the. South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he giving was, the like, medal arrested. to. Yeah. The... Oh, yeah. He was in prison with Nelson Mandela. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you prove he wasn't? <laughs> I can, yeah. I <laughs> Someone has, but I cannot. <laughs> but she did come around on Bernie, I guess. Uh, she gave the only tweet I could find praising Bernie starts with "Not a Bernie Sanders stand mistake." But let's give credit where credit is due. Thank you, Senator Sanders and the Bernie folks for continuing to carry this fight forward. I hope Biden similarly adopts E Warren plans for corporate financial accountability and brings back <laughs> CFPB. 
It all comes back to the plans. I hope Bernie can convince Biden to take up all of Elizabeth Warren's policy. Uh. <laughs> right. So that's another thing that this is kind of neither here nor there, but it's another thing that bothers me about the Elizabeth Warren thing is like the plan stuff was like never more realistic than what Bernie is saying, which is like no. we're going to like organize people. And if like Joe Manchin doesn't want to vote for something, we're going to like have people show up in West Virginia to protest. And like mm-hmm. it was it was bottom up change we've talked about that a lot too we have talked a lot it's a, about it's it, a difference but... in like perception of how power works so and yeah change and is like achieved as a presidential candidate your plans are just they turn into dust they just burn as soon as you fucking win like what what are how are biden's yeah. plans going right now biden yeah, well, had plans didn't he <laughs> actually <laughs> did he? not sure about that <laughs> well, we're, we're reopening the schools so that's number one no actually biden's one we're plan separating we're, we're no longer motion. keeping kids in cages but we're still opening facilities for unaccompanied minors no no joe biden's mission is already complete uh when he won because he restored dignity to america i'm proud to be Back an to american <laughs> like i don't understand how you can live through the obama years and take Oh yeah, reform is going to happen from within inside the system. <laughs> Our democratic politicians are going to do it for us. Like they're going to really this time will be different. help people. No, we have to force them to help people. Yeah, and we may have to get a little undignified. Yeah, again, she's probably a well-meaning person. It just it's hard to uh, separate the opportunism. It's hard to separate the art from the artist. Yes. She also ran for IDP chair uh, just this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. She dropped out because uh, she needed time to focus on her family and helping her kid through school. She has a kid who has, I guess, ADHD and autism. And mm-hmm. so she had to... So again, we're not trying to personally attack her or anything. I am. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so she... <clears throat> made the decision to uh, drop out, but she posted an article on Bleeding Heartland again uh, with uh, her plans for how the IDP should move forward. Okay, yeah, I, this one I did see. Yes. So she had like four main points. The first one being that the state central committee of the Democratic Party needs to be actively involved because basically there's like the executive board and like the executive staff of the Iowa Democratic Party and then there's like the actual central committee which is like elected members from different districts and also certain like advocacy groups like there's the Black Caucus, the Progressive Caucus, etc, etc. I mean this sounds like socialism to me basically. She's (laughs) saying that people on the lower level should have more influence over people on the higher level. I mean, no, that sounds like a good no, idea. not that honestly. low of a level. <laughs> you still got to yeah. be a, a party uh, bureaucrat. So that sounds like that sounds like a good idea. I, I'm in favor of that. Uh, I wish that yeah, the Iowa Democratic Party actually listened to its constituents. Yeah, and the Democratic Party as a whole. But then after that, it is we have to get our data house in order. Consolidating uh, data. What was that, John Ossoff? <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Consolidating data centers or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure, but I refer to this as like Nate Silverbrain, where it's Mm. like you look at data as being like a static thing where it's like, oh, we need to reach voters where they are without like ever concluding that like 
data can change and like you can influence people to change the data. Yeah, mm-hmm. like polling and people like Yeah, they look you at know, polls it's as like, being well go change people's opinions by telling them how you're gonna make their life better. Yeah. yeah. It's a back like ass words way of looking at yeah. it. This is immutable. I must get closer to the poll results rather than trying to influence the poll results into something good. Yeah. And I don't even know. I mean some of this stuff is like this comes as no surprise to anyone who's worked with a state van slash vote builder. Mm-hmm. IDP must hire a dedicated database guru whose full-time job is maintaining and improving our database. We need someone who knows the ins and outs of how to really make van hum, a person who understands list segmentation through activist codes, mm-hmm. a person who can create data entry guidelines and train volunteers, a person who can help us get better at identifying our voters and registering new ones. A- again, like it's... The Obamaification, like Obama's campaign was like particularly known for collecting all of this data on voters. Mm-hmm. And they gave it to the Democratic Party. And what did they do with it? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. Just like <laughs> during the Obama yeah. years. Yeah. They, they just, like I said, they didn't even like consult any of the bottom down or bottom up shit. It was just like technocracy. Yeah. That was a huge part of his uh, electoral success too is right. how how deeply they went in on that. Also that was part of, you know, just having a lot of people excited to volunteer and like update right. all this data for them by talking to people. Yeah, that's part of it too and that's basically what I'm trying to say is like yeah. you have to actually attract new voters instead of like their way of doing it is just saying like, "Oh, there's like some conservative people who live in Iowa and we need to reach them." You know like what conservatives actually like is like people who are like willing to stay what they believe in a genuine honest way. That's my impression of like the Bernie campaign where it's like there were a lot of Republicans who were much more sympathetic to Bernie than you would ever expect yeah. compared oh, yeah. to many other politicians because like he didn't like he talk didn't, like, down to them. Too. If you want to have a hope of like persuading them away from their evil dark path. Yes, that is a much more effective route versus this idea where it's like we're going to use data to identify people and then we're just going to like try to like use catnip to <laughs> <laughs> we're going to say we we like low taxes too. I, we we've noticed that you like low taxes. We also like low taxes. <laughs> yeah. If we hire the smartest computer professional to look at these numbers, we will then crack the code. Yes. Uh and then the next part is fixing social media. Which basically she's saying that like democratic social media should not be about just reposting ads and posting memes and like trying to like worm your way in through popular culture, which is, Hmm. you know, pretty good point. But I agree. But what is Ope exactly? (laughs) Right. (laughs) How what like what's different about Ope? Yeah, I don't know, really. Um, The democratic brand is not. I promise the Democrats that, like, the brand is not the... It it is the problem, but it's not just because of social media. It's because of, like, what you're pushing, which has been just, like, conservatism watered over with a bunch of, uh, you know, inclusion efforts. Rainbow bumper stickers. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, like, how you're presenting yourselves. It's what you're saying. That's the actual issue that, like, is preventing Democrats from fucking winning. And, like, I just don't understand, like, there's been so many embarrassing losses, and it's still the same fucking strategy. The strategy never changes. It's still, like I said, it's slapping a new paint, a coat of paint on the same old democratic politics. Yeah. Well said. 
And then the last one, which is also good, is uh, addressing the Nate in the room, uh, referring to Nate Bolton, who Bolton? I think I <laughs> yeah, mentioned yeah. earlier. He like got promoted, right? Like, yeah, he, he ran for governor. He was an Iowa State senator. He ran for governor for the, in the primary. Had yes. like three or four different women come out against him, saying that he yeah. had made them extremely uncomfortable. He and, uh, was rubbing his crotch against women at a uh, bar without their being into it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and like I said, multiple people. And oh, I think gee, I'm looking at a picture of this guy. Some too. Democrats, some Republicans. Uh, so he's still in the Senate, and I think he got he's like on like one yeah. of the leadership groups. Or they made him some kind of officer. I forget what it was. Chair exactly. of one of the committees or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. So she's basically saying that we Democrats need to be more uh, aggressive about making the party more inclusive and getting rid of people who are going to like turn off potential voters anyone who has any sort of sense of morality (laughs) yeah and that's that's a very good point for sure because yeah it it looks terrible and that's still a thing like it it gets brought up frequently like it's always there's been a bunch of i think bleeding heartland has posted a bunch of stuff about like asking for bolton to resign yeah yeah so anyway that's that's one of those things uh that goes back to you know wanting the iowa democratic party to listen to its constituents and like (laughs) in any way like respond to what the people are calling for but not yeah it's never been touched really by like anyone who has any official role in the party anything about bolton yeah which is extremely disappointing so and then she's basically saying that like the uh state central committee made a committee to change their like sort of like sexual harassment uh policy or i think just in general like discrimination policy but she's saying that that shouldn't be a like procedural thing. It should be something that's like a fabric of the Democratic Party, which that's good. Yeah. But our main issue is like we need to make a positive case for progressive socialist <laughs> <laughs> values. Like, Ooh, that's scary to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I listened to a podcast interview that Amber Gustafson did sort of explaining where this pack came from. I didn't cut any audio from this, but I did write down a bunch of quotes. So this is a podcast called The Daily Dome. Hell yes. How you guys feel about that? You guys getting, <laughs> you guys getting oh, Daily Dome? Oh, yeah, like dome? sex, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. Like when, you, when someone puts their mouth on someone else's yeah, penis. Yeah, on your pee-pee. Yeah. Is it called dome when a woman receives it as well, or is that only? I've never heard it that way, but I'm yeah. sure it does. Uh, so, sure. Yeah, because oh I mean, head head is both. So <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, this is probably a not good time to bring this up, but I just scrolled down on the article that she wrote with the Nate Bolton thing, and there's a guy in the comments, Dale Allison, who's saying it seems like we are shooting ourselves in the foot if we discard otherwise talented people if they committed any transgressions. <laughs> Yeah, this is the people who are mad that Al Franken resigned. Yeah, they're like they're people who are mad about like Al Franken shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, they like went after Al Franken unnecessarily because of his like creepy shit. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have done it. I... <laughs> yeah, maybe if you're gonna be the party that like portrays itself that way, that like you should have a zero tolerance policy for that sort of thing. But correct, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Keep your own house in order, I suppose. Well, Joe Biden's the president now, so that's all gone. <laughs> all right, so the Daily Dome. Uh, you know, it's wishful thinking. I think a lot of us would would love Daily Dome, but it's not really realistic. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a podcast uh, by 
I forget the name of the guy, but he does follow us on Twitter. So once again, this is someone who's doing the work. This is a good person. <laughs> I have no criticisms of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a retraction if Pack follows us. <laughs> what is what is the name supposed to mean? Are, they, are you talking like the like the dome of like the Capitol or yeah yes. yeah okay it's, it's like the Golden Dome. A podcast okay. about like what's what's going on in the state legislature, the state government. Okay, yeah. It's your daily dome update. What's going on in the dome? <laughs> so it's, the episode starts off. He's talking about all of the. Uh, well, the recent thing is like Republicans are trying to limit early voting. So the, my first impression of this podcast and this guy and the, you know what the show is all about is him saying uh, there may be you know some benefits to tightening up the mail-in voting system, but. <laughs> <laughs> God. So you got to yeah, hand it to him a little bit, you know. Uh, <laughs> there is some mail-in voting security flaws. We we should listen to them. No, it's voter suppression, plain and simple. You don't need to fucking yeah. capitulate on any of this. Yeah, that's that's a big one. So he's off on the wrong foot, in in my view. All right, then he talks to Amber, and uh, she tells us that the idea for the OPEC came from a Twitter group DM. So all these people, they were just in a group chat, and they decided, hey, we should start up a fundraising group that uh, we will personally benefit from in no way whatsoever. It's all about <laughs> <laughs> getting yeah. rid of Kim Reynolds. I, I, it just feels so opportunistic because it's like, yeah, Kim Reynolds, like she's her approval rating has gone down a lot. Like all of the COVID shit, like it seems plausible that she could actually lose mm-hmm. uh, depending on who the candidate actually is. Yes. Um, so like you would hope that she's weakened by this. Yeah. Yeah. This just feels like they sense like blood in the water and they're like trying to use it to like move forward their careers. Quite honestly, that's what it seems like. Yeah. The idea for this pack specifically was inspired by similar groups, such as the pack to fund Susan Collins's opponent. That went well, right? That succeeded. Uh, also, the Get Mitch or Die Trying pack started by oh the God, Pod Save it. America guys. Oh, God. Uh, how'd that I, go? Oh, my God. That succeeded, right? Oh, my God. I'm, I was also <laughs> very reminded trying. of Amy Graft. Like, I, I know they're trying to raise, OPAC is trying to raise money from, like, specifically Iowans, and they have, like, a map on their website of, like, where their donations are coming from. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if they start, like, actively soliciting, like, out-of-state donations as well. Of course, yeah. I mean, obviously. I mean, that's where the money is. Like. Yeah, and and Amber Gustafson also was a big uh, Teresa Greenfield supporter in in her primary, and that was her whole tactic as well, was just, you know, suck up donations from all across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the third group they mentioned is the Stacey Abrams pack. Another success story. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only things she brings up. Inspired by three groups that failed in their, you know, explicit goal, <laughs> but I'm sure somebody may have benefited in some way. So this may be more revealing than she thinks. A quote during this segment is, why not? What do we have to lose? An election? Many elections? <laughs> <laughs> money? <laughs> not her money. She indicates that uh, this group will be donating to whoever wins the primary. And the host later asks her uh, how they plan to prevent their pack from influencing that primary because they're mm. starting this up so ahead of time. Right. Uh, and she evidence in favor of them not wanting to do that, <laughs> I guess. She cites that all the founders of the PAC supported different primary candidates for the Senate race. And direct quote from her, hey, we do not in any way want to tip the scales. We do not want to be a part of the nominating process. We want to be a third rail. <laughs> 
what? That's not what third rail means. She wants to be just a totally separate thing from... I just don't understand why this needs to exist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Speaking of her not uh, using phrases that do not make any sense, uh, she says, there are so many unforced errors that come out of Republican policy. I don't think they're unforced errors. What does that mean? Intentional results. Seats are not bugged. Yeah. (laughs) Right. They're good at their jobs. Yeah, I mean, Kim Reynolds has a pretty fucking clear agenda. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an accident. There's a lot of opportunity to be mean in politics, right? But we can also point things out in a way that's very Midwestern and very, um, I don't know, just kind of engaging, I guess. In a sense, in that we're not asking anyone who supports us to swallow the entire Democratic policy platform hook, line, and sinker. What we're saying is, oops, we veered off from Iowa values oh here. And this is an opportunity oh. for us to get back on track, which is something oh, we can all agree on. So, yeah, you're literally saying that like we need to like water down progressive shit. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we're not yeah. pushing to achieve any sort of policy <laughs> There's goals. no point of any uh, of this. It's to defeat. <laughs> the point is to defeat Republicans. That's it. Yeah, that's all there is. Not to replace them with anything specific, but simply <laughs> to replace them. That's what's so like. I mean, I I was like this. Like this is the Lincoln Project for Iowa because Iowa is a fucking red state right now. But like. It bothers me so much to see the Biden stuff where it's like the Democrats have been an opposition party for the last four years. And like once they get into power, they control the fucking House, the Senate and the presidency. Then it's like they're still an opposition party. It's all about what the Republicans are not letting them do. Yeah. Well, and the Senate parliamentarian, a thing that we just learned what it was this week. Fuck them. (laughs) That's offensive. Just fucking raise the minimum wage. You understand how much that would help your chances? That's offensive. They don't want to win. Yeah, that is offensive. <laughs> That's offensive. <laughs> it's offensive to anyone who actually has progressive politics. Like, why are you punting on the important stuff? Like, you don't have any actual fucking, I don't know, man. You can't convince me that, like, Biden or Kamala Harris have any, like, non-negotiable principles. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. For those who don't know, the Senate parliamentarian uh, was appointed by Harry Reid in 2012. So she's been in that position through you know, terrible senates. And as far as I know, this is the first time she's ever made the news for rejecting a proposal. Yeah. Well, and the last time there was, I can't remember what presidency, it might have been Bush, but they just like fired the parliamentarian when she, and they disagreed right. yeah, with yeah, them, yeah. which yeah, the yeah. Democrats are perfectly capable of doing, which they don't even need to do that. They can just, over, they can just Ka- Kamala it. Harris can just overrule her. Yeah. This isn't somebody that any of us and, voted and for. And what's the downside? Republicans say, oh, you didn't play fair? <laughs> I'm sorry, the bold but fair shit is like implies yeah. it's not that bold. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, never absolutely. never say bold but. Whatever yes. comes next is gonna negate the bold part. We want people who are actually like living, breathing people who have like blood flowing through their fucking bodies. Like <laughs> I <laughs> not specifically this shit. specifically saying like, look, everybody's being mean all the time. We're not gonna be mean. <laughs> Listen, you could you could learn a thing or two from us, I think. I always mean as podcast. Being mean gets results. Yeah, and it's it's not even... It's being mean to, like, fucking rich assholes who fucking don't pay taxes and then reap all the benefits from society and from the Mm -hmm. workers they employ. Like, you can be mean to them. It's good. You should be mean to them. They're fucking Mm -hmm. evil. Uh, Dude, I love this Evan so much. (laughs) And our, our brand of meanness comes from 
observing and acknowledging reality and responding to it honestly. That's right. And giving a fuck about our fellow human beings. Yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, I was going to say about the Bernie bro thing, where it's like, you're just like discounting people's anger at a system that doesn't work for them. And like, you're just pissing in the face of people who are like, actually like, tried to materially change the way this politics works in this country versus all the candidates who did not do that were not yeah. promising anything radical and like the whole reason that this pack can receive any intention is because there are a lot of people who are angry about the way kim reynolds is letting or <laughs> encouraging us to be killed by a virus specifically and all of you know her party flushing our state down the toilet there's anger there because you should be angry about it and it's extremely foolish to like reject that anger in favor of like, oh, we made a clever joke about how <laughs> yeah. she's she's just like uh, Taco Bell or whatever. Like, no, you should be fucking mad. Yeah, we're <laughs> not just angry at Kim Reynolds. We're angry at the whole fucking system, and that includes Democrats. Many of them, most mm-hmm. of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should harness that anger if you want to actually like achieve anything. The anger is powerful. That's how you win people over. I've never felt any sort of passion for any kind of electoral campaign unless I'm getting angry thinking about it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's a powerful motivator. Especially in politics. Like, nothing Mm -hmm. else should motivate you politically. Yeah. Uh, The host of the Daily Dome asks Amber what the group is planning to do with the money that they're raising. Uh, I think they raised around $10,000 in the first three days that it existed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Amber says... The Matrix is constantly changing. <laughs> Ooh, the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Which, good answer. Again, what does that mean? That word <laughs> doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's an, uh, the Matrix is like. <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking. I mean, I'm talking about the movies, but yeah, that's like <laughs> the abstract reality <laughs> that's like not the real reality. <laughs> right. Uh, basically, sh- what she intends to say there is that they're. Their goals are, like, growing and changing as more money comes in. Uh, for example, uh, the expenses for graphic design, they can cover that oh with some of the God. money coming in. That's important. Uh, Again, that's not the problem. The problem <laughs> isn't the graphic design. <laughs> it's not the brand. It's not the memes. It's the fucking message. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we want to stay very flexible and very nimble, which is a good way of not answering the question. The vast majority of what we raise is going to go directly to the candidate the vast majority so not all i'm not taking a salary so amber is not taking any money off this that's good uh we're going Uh to figure out what pay looks like for staff some people are getting paid but not her she's just you know flexing her influencer skills here this isn't about personal gain uh the host asks why somebody should donate to ope rather than donating directly to a candidate yeah that's which was my first question (laughs) uh simply the answer is because there isn't a candidate yet. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it's very, quote, satisfying to start contributing now to the cause. And uh, it, it helps build a sense of unity. Does it? You should donate to Ope because you want to feel good. I still don't understand what, <laughs> what, what is this for? Like, what are you fucking doing? Well, if you donate money to Ope, it might make you feel good. You'll feel a sense of unity. Yeah, you're doing something to get rid of Kim Reynolds. I mean, there's clearly nothing you can do right now to, <laughs> to defeat Kim Reynolds, but if you give Ope money, that's like you're making a deposit on something yeah, that you could do later. you're investing in victory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Something to yeah, feel I'm good about. Yeah, I'm going to do it now. Mm-hmm. I love investing. <laughs> Victory bonds. Yes, that's right. 
Freedom dividends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fucking freedom dividend. The host asks Amber about the use of language like, quote, Iowans don't embrace extremism on the website, which I was parodying at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Amber says that the recent extremism among Iowa politics is bananas. It's just fucking crazy. You know? What? <laughs> what extremism? Like the Republican extremism for sure, but like obviously like we've gone through their shit. Like they're they're explicitly like throwing water on the left as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's not about uh calling out one specific brand of extremism. It's saying yeah. like this stuff here in the middle, this is what's good and acceptable. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter that, you know, left extremism has no power at all and isn't actually affecting anything in Iowa other right. than like mutual aid groups. But yeah. That, and no, the, I also this, think that's bad. The center to me is like basic social democracy. Like globally, that's like as far as like sure. developed countries, like social democracy, healthcare. Like I don't think you can even, I don't think it's fair to call Democrats a center left party until they actually adopt like universal healthcare. Until then, mm-hmm. they are a fucking explicitly right wing, <laughs> explicitly right wing project in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like you yeah. find me another political party that in the, the entire world <laughs> that considers itself left wing that doesn't support universal health care right yeah i don't know if such one exists maybe they do but. <laughs> no, no group that has any power that's for sure yeah uh this is where amber starts you know calling back to the good old days of sensible iowa politics uh she goes into how she grew up in iowa lived in missouri for a while which we already covered and then moved back to iowa with her husband in 2004 and here she notes specifically that she and her husband were republicans at the time 2004 mm, after the iraq war good sensible mm. time to be a republican that's right yes george w bush is reelected, <laughs> stealing elections through ohio voting for <laughs> yeah. perpetrating like one of the greatest crimes of the fucking well i mean i would say the greatest crime of the 21st century so far mm-hmm. oh absolutely yeah, yeah here's a quote from her when i was a republican i trusted there to be balance built into the government I knew and understood that the two-party system that we had in place was what it took to get good governance in our state, and that has always historically been the case. Wrong. (laughs) You were a Republican because you were dumb. You were wrong to be a Republican. Everything you believed back then was incorrect. Why did you stop being a Republican? Take the next step. (laughs) Change your mind about all that shit you thought. It was wrong. That's that's, that's a tough ask there. It is. (laughs) Bucko. It is. Uh, but maybe the next few years will be so horrible that people may have to rethink some of their <laughs> intrinsic beliefs. Uh, she talks about how Republicans recently have been propagating the big lie because they're declining to acknowledge that Joe Biden won a fair and free election. But this is, you know, talked about as if it's some brand new extremist development. Yeah. As if, as if the previous Democratic president didn't have it way worse in that regard. <laughs> Right. And it's like, I don't know, the stuff about like conspiracy, it's like, that's like a symptom of people not having like actual political representation of their, like, it's a symptom of how diseased our politics are, where people, they look and see what like the official real politics are according to like what they see on TV. And they say, I don't like this shit. And then Mm -hmm. they come up with, they spin tales to uh, counteract whatever they don't like about what they're seeing. Right, yeah. And propagating the big lie, of course, that's uh, a term for when you repeat something that isn't true over and over again until it is accepted as truth, which we referred to earlier. If you just say something is true over and over, 
hey, it's true. Extremely actually common in politics. For example, Joe Biden's entire campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Here's my favorite quote of the entire interview. As a person who really admired John McCain when he corrected the woman who tried to call Barack Obama a Muslim, that's what we need from our leaders from both parties, is being willing to step up and speak the truth even to their own supporters when a lie is a lie. Oh, defending Obama from the charge of being a Muslim, because being a Muslim is bad. I so admire John McCain saying, Obama's not a Muslim, he's nice. (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah that's just an incredible example of courage and bravery like come on like i just don't understand and like it is like a generational thing i don't know how you continue buying into this civility politics when it's clearly losing constantly (laughs) because they have goldfish brain they have fucking goldfish brain is what it is yeah well, and they agree with the Republicans more than they disagree with them, which is like yeah. the main thing. They as yes. much as the parts they the parts that they disagree with the Republicans are the like explicit racism, obviously. However, like, that John McCain example, that, <laughs> yeah, that John McCain example is explicitly racist yeah, it's and not Islamophobic. Even, it's not even a good example. Like, no, Barack Obama is not a Muslim, and also there's nothing wrong with being one, <laughs> right? Like, for fuck's sake, he sp- specifically said. No, he's not a Muslim. He's a good family man or something like that. As yeah, if, yeah, yeah. Like, those aren't mutually exclusive things. You can be a good person. <laughs> uh, being a Muslim is not bad. You can be one. Uh, uh, and also the host uh, acknowledges that Trump's politics were incredibly popular in Iowa. And he calls us... I don't remember if he calls Iowa a hyper white state, but he calls that <laughs> that kind of politics hyper white. And I think he may be overstating it a little bit. I mean, Trump did well here in the elections, but it wasn't like a fucking 40 point landslide or anything like it was still within 10 points, if I remember correctly. And Iowa is, I believe, 90 percent white. But mm-hmm. I don't know about hyper white. I mean, <laughs> there there are people in the state who are not white and we should well and i think the white vote shifted towards the democrats versus like 2016 i think i'm not sure about here but nationally for sure yeah 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 the whiteness is not necessarily uh everything to do with trump's success it didn't hurt certainly a contributing factor yeah (laughs) yeah the democrats definitely don't embody whiteness at all yeah but (laughs) but i guess the reason i like noted this part is like if you're really going to push that angle there i mean the case against you're not going to be able to it's, it's sort of like a foregone conclusion like if our state's demographics mean someone like trump's going to win every single time like this is all a pointless gesture like why fucking bother well i would kind of posit the same question (laughs) (laughs) i guess i mean there was a shift obviously because iowa voted for obama twice and then voted for trump twice yeah it's not that everyone in the state became racist suddenly right it's It's because (laughs) both of those candidates offered (laughs) a kind of change from the establishment politics Mm -hmm. They presented at least a change from the establishment politics, even if they didn't actually stray from them all that far. Yeah. But that's why they won. Like, I don't understand how you can't, like, acknowledge that at this point. Right. It's about energizing a certain segment of the population to vote. Wink, wink. These people are way (laughs) too comfortable, I think, is the main point of our whole episode. Yeah. And we're just basically throwing a tantrum that, like, we can't uh, see things changing for the good anytime soon. 
Right. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not pinning my hopes on Rob Sand. He's like <laughs> a fucking dork. He's like, um, well, actually, I seem to have uh, pissed off both the far left and the far right. He's absolutely the Ope candidate, yeah. <laughs> I call myself a law and order Democrat, but also I said that cops are bad sometimes. Why have I never heard this fantastic voice before? <laughs> Uh, I have to cut all this because he follows me on Twitter. So, oh Rob, oh, oh he follows like everyone. <laughs> I don't I'm follow joking, him, but <laughs> don't cut it. It's Natalie, so it's a running joke. Okay, it's a running bit that everyone who follows me on Twitter is good, and I can't criticize them on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a running bit. Please leave the voice in. You can bleep who it is. <laughs> no, no, I'm not bleeping shit. <laughs> Rob Sand, if you're listening to this, you can. Yeah, Rob Sand. Yeah, I'm sorry. What else you could do is like one of the least genuine politicians. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but... (laughs) And I mean it. Rob Sand, yeah, you better keep listening. Get on our Patreon or I'm gonna... (laughs) 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 We'll stop calling you a careerist if you pay us enough money. (laughs) Yeah, so I I don't really trust this group to not uh, exert any influence over the primary process. I already have seen one of the board members posting in a Rob Sand for Governor Facebook group promoting the OPEC. Yeah. So, also, it's like, do we cool. really need more anti-Kim Reynolds ads? There's going to be so many of them anyway. It's like, we're just saying, like, make a positive case for mm-hmm. fucking why you should vote for Democrats and, like, broaden your messaging. Like, just stop yeah. focusing on the fucking suburbanites, man. I wouldn't count like, on that you're ever gonna happening. You're going to focus on... I know. I'm, I, like I said, this whole episode is just a tantrum a about how... wishful thinking <laughs> from you today. Well, I mean, I know what I want. It's just, like... It's just yeah. good. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, have we said all we need to say about them, like, seriously? Because I have one more thing for us to do, but it's a little more playful. Yes. Okay. I think an hour and a half of oat pack is enough. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. You can cut out like half the middle section. <laughs> Basically, they're the Iowa Lincoln Project, and they will be just as effective as, as every pack that they claim to be their inspiration. They will also soon be run by pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> Let the grooming begin. <laughs> All right, so I mentioned that they they claim that OPE is not supposed to be an acronym for anything. Uh, Again, I've seen Open People's Eyes on their very own homepage. I've seen Operation Purple Electorate (laughs) in some Facebook comments. I thought of some acronyms of my own. Mm, Okay. If if you guys want to maybe like think of some Mm. of your own off the cuff, you can do that as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, why didn't you tell us about this advance? I'm not good at making jokes. Sorry, I I did it like right before we started recording. (laughs) (laughs) Other people's extremism and not ours. OP are you down with OPE? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh I've got uh ostensible political engagement. Okay. Not bad. Obvious pain exploitation. <laughs> <laughs> Only profiting ethically. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> Obtain paper energetically. <laughs> <laughs> Our posts? Edgy. <laughs> <laughs> but fair. Edgy but fair. <laughs> and then my uh my closer is openly pissing everywhere. What <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> about like um orangutan penis epiphany? <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. That's I'm not fine. sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, over the counter uh, penis enlargement. <laughs> I have more, but I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a good one, but this is not the venue. Orgasming pay pig ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably. Uh, just don't give money to these people. Like, give money to like mutual aid groups. Like, Des Moines Mutual Aid is great. Yes. There's like, mm-hmm. I would. Free- I don't know about Cedar Rapids so much. I know there's like obviously there's, like, the yeah. Freedom Riders and the ASJ. Yeah, advocates for social justice. I mean, they've done like good, uh, like giving kids school supplies, stuff like that. They've been doing the mutual aid stuff too. Or give money to us. <laughs> yeah, give money to us. Yeah, or just give money to the candidate. I mean, I don't know. I I guess if that's your prerogative, yeah. I mean, just wait. <laughs> also like i mean if you're donating to this pack you're explicitly not engaging your money in the primary and like if you're really this mm-hmm. invested you should care who the democratic candidate is and you should influence that process as well dm stacy walker until he <laughs> runs Convince him, <laughs> yeah. hell yeah and while you're dming him tell him to uh, come on our show too because i'm too nervous to ask him oh god <laughs> i don't oh know if god. he wants to tarnish his brand <laughs> with us. career suicide but we will support him in the trenches. Yes. If it if comes he to it. a business decision to not associate with us. I mean, shit. <laughs> that video that he put out this week, I mean, that it's might really be good, career yeah. suicide, you know? Because he's being too real. Yeah, he's. <laughs> that's why we like him. Yeah, yeah. I also went to elementary school with him, so that uh, that helps. I think I mentioned it. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I was like editing through a bunch of old home videos for like my mom's birthday as like a present. And uh, there's like old school plays from Grant Wood Elementary in Cedar Rapids where I went and like Stacy Walker is there. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was like he was a fifth grade. He was like a couple years ahead of me. And so he had like a big, bigger role in the play. But he was like there. I think he was like a principal of a school or something, but he was like wearing a suit. And I was like, damn dude that's like foreshadowing (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was really cool yeah so yeah something i want to say you know before the gubernatorial primary even begins there's definitely going to be better uses for your energy and money like i imagine the summer is going to be pretty hot in terms of like direct action and stuff like that so yeah yeah I don't think you should be donated to Democrats, possibly, no. possibly ever, but definitely not like right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> and again, like. You must starve them. Democrats already hate Kim Reynolds, like most people. And I would say in this state, I don't want to say, I don't want to say most people, but like, you don't need a pack to like talk to people about how bad Kim Reynolds is. No, you only need a podcast. Right. You could do this for free <laughs> we've never done like a full kim reynolds episode that might be interesting we could certainly do that well i guess that yeah i guess we have time until the next uh next election yeah and that could perhaps be more effective than this pack <laughs> all right i think we should uh shut it down thank you guys for uh riffing on ope yeah with me today thanks evan for rambling deep on yeah. ope <laughs> Getting high and on you that opium. Opium, pleasure, enterprise. That could be it, also. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> tweet at tweet at us. You're good, Ope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This could be a game for all of us to play. What does Ope stand for? <laughs> and donate to Cock Pack. <laughs> yeah, most, to, uh, most importantly, go to rockhardcock.us/pack and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Chuck's our lawyer. He's getting all the paperwork together. <laughs> Listen, it's going to look like it's Patreon, but if you go on patreon.com and look up Rock of Caucus, you can yeah. donate to Cockback there. Yeah. And we'll use it for good things. Mm-hmm. We'll be putting your money to use in stopping the bad things and starting up some new good things. It's like getting me season tickets to the Colonels this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been Rock Hard Caucus. Thank you for listening, and thank you for existing. Bye-bye. <laughs> Don't be-